river guide in the county. He took his clients out by himself during the school week, but I helped him on weekends. Now the alligator hunting season had him busier than ever. The work was tiresome, but it paid more than his usual hog hunts and fishing trips. I gave life vests to our two clients and seated them in the front of our 18-foot flats boat. It was an aluminum hull, center console John, with a 90-horsepower Yamaha two-stroke outboard. Dad said he didn't like four-strokes. Said they were too expensive and complicated to work on. If he couldn't fix a thing himself, he didn't want it. Catfish scrambled into the boat and got into position on an old towel in the rear corner. Meanwhile, I cast off the stern and bow lines. Dad cranked the motor and waited until I climbed aboard. Then he put the boat in gear and idled out into the river. You fellas got everything you need up there? He asked the men. We're good, Haas said. Our clients seemed in better spirits now that we were underway. They both cracked a beer and toasted each other. I returned to the rear of the boat, got the spotlight out of the dry box, and plugged it into the accessory port on the console. You got the emergency gas? Dad asked me. It's up front, I said. We really going all the way to Bottle Creek tonight? I reckon. Get off this river. We won't have anybody messing us up out there. The alligator dad called No Name lived in a slough on Bottle Creek. It was about as far into the middle of the swamp as one could get. If a person had heard of the place, it wasn't because of the fishing or hunting. Near this creek, shrouded beneath a tall canopy of cypress and water oaks, are the ruins of an ancient Indian civilization. Archaeologists refer to the place as the Bottle Creek Mound Site. There are no roads to it, no markings on maps, nothing to even signify the place except for a faint footpath of white sand. Dad continued idling out into the river, letting the engine warm up. I triggered the spotlight and waved it across the water, then triggered it off again. We wouldn't need it for a while unless we heard another boat coming. We'd run dark without any navigation lights until we got deeper into the swamp. At night it was easier that way. It wasn't legal, but we could see better, using the dark wall of trees rising on either side of the bayous to guide us. Lights or not, there was always the risk of hitting a deadhead, a submerged log or piling. But Dad had run the swamp since he was a boy and he'd memorized where all the hazards were. Nice night, Dad said to the men. The water lay black and still, pressed beneath the thick greenhouse smell of the heavy air. It was unusually warm for late September, and the frogs and insects still cheeped and pulsed from the marsh. Across the river, the swamp fell away for miles, calm and peaceful. I looked up and studied the sky. It was cloudless and specked with stars. What do you think about that storm out there, Tom? Haas said. We're here, ain't we? Dad said. They seem to keep throwing them at us this year, don't they? Long as they keep throwing them into Florida, I don't mind, Dad said. You boys ready to run? The men shifted and steadied themselves on the bench seat as Dad accelerated the boat onto a plane. I glanced down at my shoelaces, making sure they were untied. We'd both ride standing up in order to see better. If we hit something and got thrown out, it was important to be able to kick off our shoes. A person can drown easy with shoes on. The boat leveled out, 
and we're soon racing across a black mirror of water with the wind whipping in our hair. I knew we might not be the only boat running dark until we got deeper into the backwater. Usually we had the swamp to ourselves that time of night, but with alligator season in, there was no telling. I trained my ears to listen for engine noise and kept my finger ready on the spotlight trigger in case I had to flash a warning signal. We veered off the Tinsaw River into a small bayou where the trees rose and hung over us on either side. Dad played the steering wheel, gently brushing it right and left, each of us drifting into our thoughts behind the steady noise of the engine. There used to be nothing I looked forward to more than going out with him. But ever since Mom left, things have changed. Now, even though Dad was right beside me, it felt like I was alone. And everything he taught me about the swamp seemed useless. I just didn't see the point in it anymore. You all right? He asked me. I kept my eyes on the trees and nodded. He knew what was bothering me, but he was poisoned with her. He couldn't get her out of his head, and I didn't understand it. She was sure out of my head. I never wanted to see her again if I could help it. Been a while since we've been to the mounds, he said. Yeah, I said. We used to hunt and fish along Bottle Creek, but it had been a couple of years since we'd made the trip. The first time he showed me the mounds is one of my most vivid memories. He took me back there late one afternoon when I was six years old. We left the john nosed into the brush and he hefted me onto his shoulders and ducked into the narrow trail. After a few yards, the trail widened under giant cypresses and water oaks. The swamp was suddenly dark and cool and strangely still. The only sounds were mysterious bird calls distant and shrill from the high canopy. Raspy green palmetto plants and large mossy vines made it feel like a lost land from the dinosaur age. He carried me for nearly a half mile before I saw the mounds rising out of the gloam. They were eerie and ivy-covered, and something from another realm a long time ago. The first few hills were no higher than Dad's waist. As we continued, they grew larger until we arrived at the highest, nearly fifty feet tall, rising into the canopy. He set me down, and I followed him up the steep incline until we arrived at the top. We stood there beneath an old juniper, staring into the branches of the canopy beyond. Hit that left bank, Dad said, interrupting my thoughts. I triggered the spotlight briefly on the riverbank ahead, just enough for him to see a dark gap in the trees. He nodded and started a slow turn toward it. After thirty minutes of weaving through a maze of creeks and sloughs, he eased back on the throttle. The boat sat down in the narrow creek and we continued on, idling slowly beneath the Spanish moss and cypress limbs. All right, fellas, Dad said. Let's get us a gator. <laughs>